Welcome, listeners, to the 14th episode of The Unprofessional Analyst. Today, we'll be going over the Republican National Convention. Yeah, so um, this past week, uh, the the Republican um, took place. But, you know, a lot of people don't really know uh, what it is. Um, So just for some context, the the Republican National Convention is, is a symposium held every election held every um, presidential election period by the Republican Party and during this convention this symposium um, the the uh, one of the highlights is the is the selection of the presidential and vice presidential candidates that will re- that will represent the Republican Party during the presidential election um, the Republican National Convention has been held uh, every election cycle since um, I believe 1856. Uh, yes, and also um, different than the different than this year's um, Democratic National Convention, the Republican National Convention was held in person. Uh, I I was I, I saw those uh, videos of uh, people giving speech. It was in person, and uh, rarely any people wore masks. There, I, probably like two people wore masks, and um, the seats they were placed right next to each other. Um, and uh, there was no social distancing or anything. It's just people gathering and listening to speeches. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, during this RNC, much like the, the DNC, the, the, there were, uh, a, I guess you could say, a cornucopia of um, speakers who hold uh, great importance to the Republican Party. Um, some of them... One of them is uh, Melania Trump. Um, so uh, basically during her speech, um, she, it was a very personal monologue, uh, much like Michelle Obama's. Um, she touched on topics that many Americans are concerned about in this day and age. Um, she, she acknowledged the, the effects of COVID-19, which is actually very, um, which is actually a substantial move because obviously there's been um, a lot of downplaying by uh, conservatives and I guess you could say the, the Republican the Republican Party of the effects of COVID-19. And Manalia Trump. Uh, yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I respect what she does. She um, acknowledged the uh, the harms and the damage done mm-hmm. by COVID-19. But, but I, I just want to like, this is like a side note, but why doesn't she just tell Trump to like take COVID seriously? You know, like, yeah. I know. Maybe, maybe Trump exactly. just doesn't listen to her. We don't know. Yeah, it's we very, don't know. You know, it's yeah. very possible. Um, exactly. We can't. We can't assume what goes. Yeah. You know what goes on behind mm-hmm. closed doors with just the two of them. But you know, I, I really do think that um, she does. Also, I respect the fact that she acknowledges the effects of COVID nineteen. She also acknowledged the. Uh, she yeah, also acknowledged yeah, yeah. police mm-hmm. brutality. I, I heard that part. Uh, mm-hmm. How it's a race issue as well. She celebrates diversity in America. You know, all of those yeah, I, I, I actually yeah. really do respect. Mm-hmm. I, I I give her a lot of credit for that, especially when she's talking at a a convention where mo or I guess we could generalize a lot of or where there's she's at a convention for a party that who that um spits mm-hmm. the rhetoric of downplaying COVID nineteen, downplaying racism in the United States, and you know has a history yes. of xenophobia. So the fact that she actually acknowledges COVID-19, she acknowledges racism, and she celebrates diversity, I 
you know, my heart goes out to her. I really uh, do yeah, respect And also uh, another person that appeared in the Republican National Convention was Lara Trump. Uh, she's Trump's daughter-in-law. Um, so on Wednesday, she delivered a speech said that the, this election is not about left or right. But then she immediately called Biden and Democrat socialist. So this this very interesting uh, strategy I see here between both parties. It's their their strategy. Their strategy is basically just calling others out. That's that that that's basically a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's basically like the the rhetoric of like. A, we're the only good party. Yeah, everyone else uh-huh. is bad, and will lead America down a. a, a, uh, a and also, bad, um, the Vice bad. President uh, Mike Pence, he said that uh, the economy, the, the economic recovery, is on the ballot. And then Biden said that democracy on the is on the ballot. So, so yeah, like 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 we just talked about, it's like, it's 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 either black or white. It's it's either you or me. It's 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 either left or right. It's either Republican or Democrat. Like like people have to choose one. Like, 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 like the two sides, they're mm-hmm. um, polarized. So people, it's, it's really hard to find a common ground for both sides right now. You know, and, 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 uh, and, and, mm-hmm. exactly. And I think, oh, and, and, uh, and talking about economic recovery. Oh, uh, I, I, I doubted that there has been any signs of economic recovery. And I doubt there will be any until COVID's been controlled or eliminated as um, about one month ago. Uh, we had an episode talking about the economy. We saw how the second quarter of American GDP dropped by uh, 9.5%, which is a huge drop. So, like, like um, and, 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 and we'll touch, touch on this a little later, but uh, during, like, throughout the Republican National Convention, um, people, like, like, like other than uh, Melania, people rarely mentioned the harm done by COVID, like Julian just said. They were downplaying the the effects of COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, but also another thing that these various speakers at the RNC um, uh, did is that they tried to promote this kind and or quote unquote kind and decent Trump narrative. So they're trying to you know say that that Trump you know is a kind and decent man. Now I'm not trying to say that Trump is not. A, a kind of decent man. I'm not saying that he isn't a kind of decent man. I'm not saying that he he. I'm not trying to perpetuate this anti-Trump narrative. But we do have to fact check these speakers that Trump is not just you know sunshine and yeah. rainbows. You know, you know. I'm 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 sure that you know Trump has great pictures. You know, I'm not going to assume that he's bad all the time behind closed doors and everything. I'm not. He could be a great dad. He could be you know a good husband. He could be you know well intentioned. But we also have to acknowledge the negative sides too. You know, his history of racist remarks from day one. Remember when he started his presidential campaign back mm-hmm. in 2015? One of the hallmarks of his speech was um, insulting. Keep the um, Mexicans Hispanic out. Immigrants. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, he has a hard line on immigration. And I'm not saying that a hard line on immigration is bad because whether or whether or not people think it's bad is very, um, mm-hmm. is subjective. It's, it depends on person to person. So I'm not saying that a hardline immigration is a bad thing, but the but his tactics to push a hardline immigration, I'm gonna I'm gonna say are bad because obviously he used you know racist, um, xenophobic and nativist rhetoric to push these policies, and obviously I'm pretty sure everyone can agree that that mm-hmm. is not the yeah. correct route to take. Uh, you know? Other speakers they sought to credit um, Trump for an improved economy. 
They said that um, his trade deals, tax cuts, and deregulation have brought new opportunities. Well, I do agree with um, them on the issue of unemployment rates because um, pre-COVID, uh, the U.S. unemployment rate was at almost an all-time low, and I, I, I acknowledge that as a good thing. But uh, let's 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 look at internationally. Internationally, over the four years of Trump administration, the reputation of America has been pretty much destroyed, and 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 currently, you can see that there is a common mistrust of America in the international community. Um, so four years, four years, twenty sixteen to twenty twenty, four years. Trump pulled out eleven international organizations. I'll just list them here: Trans-Pacific Partnership, Paris Climate Accord, UNESCO, uh, Global Compact on Migration, Iran Nuclear Deal, UN Human Rights Council, uh, Optional Protocol and Disputes Re- Resolution to the Vienna Convention on on Diplomatic Relations, Universal Postal Union, NAFTA, INF Treaty, and WHO. And and what what's the significance of all these treaties is to is is aimed at creating a more harmonious and less conflictual or like less aggressive international community. So, and 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 then just Trump just pulled them all out. Um, and 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 with uh, Trump's famous policy of American first, I think that 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 aligns with his policy pretty well here. I see. Um, and 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 also another sign of common mistrust of America in the international community is uh, about two weeks ago. Um, so U.S. was isolated in the U- U.N. Security Council voting regarding the extension of Iran weapon embargo. There was two yes from America and the uh, Dominican Republic. And, 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 and there were two abstentions. No, there were 11 abstentions. And and then there were two no's. Two no's are from China and Russia, and then eleven abstention. That includes some of U.S.'s closest allies of U.K. and France. So so like so right now, even the U.S.'s closest ally doesn't want to support America on certain issues. That 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 that's how you can see how the the American reputation has been damaged over the past four years. Uh, and uh, with with all the trade wars that America is doing yeah, internationally, I, I not agree. just, uh-huh. yeah, not 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 oh, just sorry, with go China. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so um, the trade wars it's not just with China, but with Germany, Japan, all these countries. Well, uh, uh, yeah, America gains short term benefits, but as I said, long term they hurt their reputation. And reputation is one of the most important thing in diplomatic relations and international relations. Um, and um, coming back to uh, Republican National Convention, so uh, Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, so he broke decades of diplomatic protocol and perhaps even his own department's rule by giving a speech or, or appearing at the Republican Convention. He hailed President Trump's American First foreign policy as an unqualified success and urging America to stay the course. Well, um, I think uh, Secretary, Secretary of States, they're not supposed to give a speech at party conventions. Because, you know, you know like, like you're a diplomat and you shouldn't be 
partisan. You know, your your job is to maintain diplomatic relations to, with other countries instead of, you know, um, being partisan. So, uh, and also uh, talking about America First, there was another speaker, Rick Grinnell, uh, in the Republican National Convention. So he again embraced the idea of America First and propagated the theory of um, Chinese threats. Oh, here I want to just recommend a, a website. It's called nocodewar.org. Uh, I think we can add it to the description, maybe, a link. Um, and also, um, this, um, the, this website, it, it started a movement with um, a couple of scholars, not just a couple, like, like tens of sto- scholars from, from around the world to condemn the act of starting a new Cold War. For example, John Ross, a British um, journalist, blogger, an economic commentator. So he, th- th- this, this, this is what he said. He said that anti-Cold War is not pro-China, but because a Cold War is a threat to humanity. And that, that's, that, that's what he said. And, and, and uh, like, just, just, just like we talked about, I think, a month and a half ago, about this Cold War situation, because, yes, a Cold War is against humanity. Because with um, the cooperation between two of the largest countries, both countries, people, they benefit from this. Bo- bo- both countries benefit. Like, like if, if, if right now we all of a sudden go back to um, the Cold War era, you, like all countries, they will have to pick a team, either China or U.S., and, and like everyone's in this danger of having a war all of a sudden. That, that's, so, yeah, that, that's, that's just my thought. And you can visit nocoldwar.org for more information on that. Uh, yeah, and, 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 and then we're going to talk, talk about Trump's speech. Go ahead. Yeah, so going back to the RNC, obviously Trump had to give a speech to accept his um, presidential uh, nomination to, to rep- or yeah, to accept his presidential nomination to to um, represent the the Republican uh, Party. So, um, just going over the speech real quick, just off of the tactics and everything. Um, he used the word "we" a lot, and that's just something I wanted to mention because I wanted to give him credit for it actually, because it is an effective rallying point. You know, it makes everyone feel mm-hmm. united. Mm-hmm. Now, whether whether or not he has made um america actually more united is a whole other debate yeah but um it is an effective rallying point because when you use the term we it unites the audience and makes it seem like you know we are the in crowd everyone else is an enemy mm-hmm. um everyone else is an we're facing it's just us and we're facing you know opposition forces coming from everywhere so i'm gonna give him credit for using the word we um and also uh common in a lot of other in a lot of other Trump's, a lot of other Trump speeches, is the use of um, nationalist uh, and maybe even one might even say nativist rhetoric to gain support. Um, remember, keep in mind that his whole campaign and basis of, and base of support is predicated upon um, the rhetoric of. Even again, we're going to mention day one of his first presidential campaign back in 2015. When he announced it, he he obviously used this nationalist and nativist rhetoric um, against uh, 
Hispanic immigrants, remember? Mm-hmm. Insulting them, calling them criminals and everything. So obviously that is um, xenophobic, nationalist, nativist, you know, everything like that. So basically it could be summed down to like one phrase, um, America first and everyone else is an enemy and that's it. I think you would agree with, is it safe to say that you would agree with me that that's the perfect way to sum up his, or that that rhetoric, that narrative in Trump's mm-hmm. campaign, yeah, yeah, America yeah. first and everyone else is an enemy? Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I'll, I'll definitely agree. And um, talking about enemy here, so he, he I, I'm going to give you a quote first. Quote, we're meeting this challenge. We're delivering life-saving therapies and we'll produce a vaccine before the end of the year or maybe even sooner. We'll defeat the virus and the pandemic and emerge stronger than ever before. Uh, and, 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 and just like right now, America has over 6 million total confirmed cases and 180,000 deaths. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so still, just like we talked about earlier, this is a downplay of uh, a historical crisis. So, oh, and, and also, by the way, he used the term um, China virus again twice in his speech. So, um, yeah. so this, this, just, this is just another tactic by both parties. Both parties are trying to portray their toughness um, by depicting China as the enemy. But, but, but um, the, the, the funny thing I find is that, like, this is the U.S. election. Like, like, why are people talking so much about China, you know? This, this, this is the funny thing I find. Um, and, and going back to the speech, uh, he also boasted his uh, unemployment rate before the pandemic. And, yeah. He, he had one of the best unemployment rates. And uh, I think that was a really good thing for America because people are getting jobs. But uh, hey, a leader should also be able to react to a crisis, to, 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 to a crisis, right? And, uh, and, and, and also Trump wants to make it seem like it was China who intentionally spread the virus to make him look bad. <laughs> because remember, keep, keep in mind, that feeds into his, you know, obviously. Yeah. America first rhetoric. Everyone else is an enemy. Whether whether they're even a U.S. ally is just America first. Nobody else. Everyone else comes after us. Yeah, and, and just remember yeah. that that is his rhetoric. Uh, and, and 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 this logic doesn't even make sense. Like, if China really wants to make Trump look bad, there are a lot of other plans that's cheaper than this. That's way cheaper than like, like like actually making a virus. The, this this logic doesn't really make sense. Oh yeah, and also um. Another quote, uh, they knew that our country is blessed by God and has a special purpose in this world. Uh, what special purpose? What? That, like, like, that kind of feeds into... His um, I, I, nationalist... Um, nationalist. Yeah, yeah rhetoric. Maybe, maybe by special purpose, that's, maybe that's kind of hinting at the fact that you know, the U.S. is the world's hegemon. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. And, and, and what, what, what I got from this sentence is that he, he's trying to get more votes from the Christian uh, pop, uh, community. Yeah, yeah, c- community. Yes, yes. Because he said our country is blessed by God. So he, he, he's appealing to those people of the Christian community. And also he attacked uh, Biden, saying that it was Biden who sent American jobs overseas. Well, but, 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 but here's the thing. Like, labors overseas, they're cheaper. So, like, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just give you an example. 
if 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 you have two iPhones, one cost like 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 two exact same iPhones, one costs a hundred. What what one costs five hundred? One costs one thousand. I I would definitely buy the five hundred one. I'm I'm not gonna spend five hundred more bucks to buy an exact same thing. So and 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 that's exactly what all the manufacturers thought. If I can sell my product cheaper, then more people would buy my product. That means I can make more money, right? That that's why that that that's why a lot of the manufacturers are being sent overseas to like China, Vietnam, like all these um, uh, Southeast Asia country, because the labor is cheaper there. That that's that that that's that, that's just how the world is right now, because um um this this is the difference between uh, an individualist country and a collectivist country, so. Uh, in the individualist country like America, so people would rather um, use more technology. So, so they would like to save labor forces and replace them with technology. And on the other hand, a collectivist country, they would rather use more labor than developing technology. That, 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 that's just the history of the, of, of the world. And, 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 and there, I'm, I'm not saying like one is better than the other, but that's just how it is. Oh, uh, and also, um, Trump also talked about the uh, the border wall, and uh, I don't really have any comments. It's just that, like Julian said, it's bad. Well, it's it's not necessarily bad to push like immigration restrictions, but he's doing it's the, the tactics. Yeah, it's that the tactics. Yes, yes. Uh, so again, mm-hmm. to push his border wall narrative, he obviously uses xenophobic racist mm-hmm. nativist i've used those terms too much in this yeah. podcast already but those are the those are the tactics yeah. that he does uh-huh. use so yeah, and on, on uh, trump yeah as, as we talked about boasted his toughness on china here uh and 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 our um stereotype i guess stereotype with western countries is that um you have you have a free market you have a uh, government not interfering with economy and 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 that's that that's just kind of the the image that we have for Western countries, but 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 right now with all these trade wars and stuff, like we 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 can't say like that's not the case anymore. Well, that that hasn't been the case again. So um, I'm I'm just gonna talk a lot a little bit about econ here. So, uh, Karl Marx said that the circulation of commodities is a starting point of capital, and America is based on capital, you know, capitalism, and 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 also uh one of the most influential figure with modern um, neoclassical economy is uh, Adam Smith. His theory is called Invisible Hand. But then he has another theory of himself. It's called Division of Labor is Limited by the Extent of the Market. What that word means is that uh, when you have a division of labor that's like infinite, so every person in the world makes a different product. Just think about it. Like no, no two person make the exact same product. That's the infinite of division of labor. But when that happens, that means everyone monopolizes one product. That means everyone monopolizes one product. That means there, there won't be a competitive market anymore. But the invisible hand is based on the theory of a competitive market. So like Adam Smith yeah, he he contributed a lot to modern uh, economy, but his theory contra- contradicts with each other. If you guys are interested, you can look up. It's called Smith Dilemma. It talks about the 
the conflict between two of his most famous theories. Uh, and 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 uh, going back to RNC, uh, both parties, Democrats and Republicans. So they want to um, will definitely portray their toughness by depicting China as a totalitarian country. But 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 um, so I I, I recently read a book. It's called Metabolic Growth Theory. So um, I just want to give some explanations here. So the difficulty of surviving and despotism of society seem to be directly proportional. Let me explain that. So in ancient China, the climate and geography were not good for grazing because the climate was dry and there was barely enough food for people. So, 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 so you can't graze and have cows because no, people got to eat food. And, and, and then geographically, there were lots of mountains, so it would be really hard for people to travel and to meet other people because, you know, ancient time, you, you don't have, like, plains or anything. So people resorted to agriculture, self-sufficient agriculture. So uh, in ancient China, you would see um, units of, as families, and then they would um, plant, uh, they, they, they would plant, and then they would eat themselves, uh, so that's self-sufficient agriculture. And then um, there are natural disasters every so often, making it hard to graze also. When, and then when there is a natural disaster, people get hungry and upset. So that society becomes unstable. And you know how like people riot and people you know, go on the streets and march. And that requires the emperor to suppress the uprising and rise in order to keep the country stable. And, th- and then on the other hand, if you look at Western European countries, their climate and geography is way nicer, right? You have not that hot of um, a climate and geography is good because you don't have that much mountains nor deserts. Oh, there, there, there are a lot of deserts in, uh, in, in, in Asia. So that nice weather and combined with nice geography, it allows the mixture of agriculture and grazing. And, and the agriculture aspect provides stability to society, and then the grazing part helps to develop division of labor, which you, it equates to creativity of technology. So that's why. So oh, and 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 also um the, the nice weathers they make the peasants not to riot that often. So the king would allow more freedom to his people because the king doesn't have to suppress the people that often, because people have their own food to eat. So. This is just this. This is just the history, the geography, the culture, the climate. They make up a huge part of political theories of one nation. Like that's that that's just a part of the world. That's just a part of history. So, like my 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 point here is that, uh, yeah, both parties are trying to make China sound um totalitarian. But if you really study into the history, you'll see that it's the it's the political country of a, the political culture of a country is not decided by one king or one emperor, but rather by its culture and geography. So um, that that's that's just my point here, uh, and and also some more quotes from Trump's uh, speech. Quote: Instead of following the science, Joe Biden wants to inflict a painful shutdown on the entire country. So like Trump is calling Biden not following science. While he's having mask gathering of one thousand people not wearing masks and not social distancing, <laughs> uh, and also uh, again Trump boasted about how 
America has the most number of testing and saying that he saved hundreds and thousands of lives. Well, according to Statista, a German online portal of statistics, so U.S. has done 80 million tests, which is a great number. But then saying that, saying that great testing results in more number of cases is flawed. Because according to the same site, Statistia, China has done 90 million tests. And, and, and um, so U.S. has 80 million tests and 80 million tests equates to 6 million cases. Then I guess China should have 7 million cases. Right. If 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 you do the math. So like Trump always says we have more testing, one more, but 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 he just ignores the fact that, yes, you have more testing, but you also have more people actually infected. So, like, yeah. And and and, and then uh, more quotes. So, uh, quote, Joe Biden's agenda is made in China. My agenda is made in the USA. Well, Trump's MAGA hat is made made in China. Just in case you don't know. There's a city in China. It's called Yiwu. It is the wholesale market of the world, one of the largest. They produce a bunch of stuff. Literally everything they produce, literally everything. Uh, and also, yeah, like uh, every four years, they get a lot of um, requests of merchandise from the U.S. because it's election and they produce like uh, Trump flags, Biden flags, MAGA hats and all these stuff. So, yeah, like, Trump saying that his agenda is made in the USA is kind of not true. Uh, Last quote. Last quote. I promise. Last quote. So, Trump said that, um, quote, we want our sons and daughters to know the truth. America is the greatest and most exceptional nation in the history of the world. <sighs> Again, like Julian said, it's just nationalism and stuff. But, but, but the thing is, like, if you actually know history, like, how many years of history does America have? 400. Look, look at other world powers. UK, France. UK has 3,000. France has 2,000 years of history. China has 5,000. And if you look at other nations like Egypt, Mesopotamia, and, and India, they all have thousands of years of history. And America calling itself the greatest and most exceptional nation in history is just... How should I put this? Uh, it, it's it's just like ignorant, I guess. So like what? So like Trump is doing this. I get it. He wants to arouse the nationalist sentiments, but you know, lying to your people and like and and and, and thinking that your your citizens don't know history is kind of well. Maybe Trump doesn't know history, but like I'm sure there are people in America that know history very well. Uh, do you have anything else to add, Julian? I do not. Yeah. So uh, that that's that's just some some of my comments on the RNC. I thought I I found it to be uh kind of funny, and I encourage everyone who's listening to this to do more research into what um politicians say, not just Trump, but also what Biden says or the Democrats says, because sometimes you know they. They lie, just like us. They lie. So, uh, yeah, read more books, do more research, and uh, we'll see you next time.